something my mom used to tell me after 3 a.m. It was a witching hour, but I think it was more to make sure I was home before 3 o'clock than anything else. So I think we had some great opportunities this year to do just monumental things for Hoosiers, especially when we know that inflation is rising and, and things are starting to cost more. Jobs may be plentiful, but we know that the people who are in the workforce right now need to be educated and, and uh, geared up for the jobs of the future. And we just lost a whole bunch of opportunities this year. We didn't fully fund, um, in my opinion, our mental health needs in the, in the state of Indiana. We, we commissioned a study. Uh, at some point, we're just going to have to get to the point where we recognize, even though we do a study, no, maybe 50 or 150 people know more than the people who studied for a whole year. And we're going to start taking their advice and actually funding some of these things that we should do. And then just uh, the continued support for vouchers. I mean, I, I'll tell you, as, a, as an advocate for this program, when it first started out, it, it had very noble beginnings. But I was warned by my colleagues on the other side of the aisle that this is a, it's a race to the end and uh, hopefully they're at the end but man kids and families that make $220,000 a year do you think they really need us to help them go to private school and what does that say about what we're doing we raised uh, tuition support this year and the vouchers got a 72% increase and our traditional public schools got somewhere around three and a half knowing that inflation is at 4.8%. I'm just flabbergasted at how we continue to go down this path. As I said on the, at the end on my speech, boy, wouldn't it be nice if we started doing something a little different instead of doubling down on programs that are pet projects for some of our good friends and donors? And I just don't know if we're there yet. So while I'm disappointed, I'm also happy about my Democrat colleagues. Listen. I, I told my caucus at the beginning of the session, we got to start being happy with small victories. And we had a lot of small victories and we had some large victories. We had Democrat bills that passed with Democrat support and Republican support. I think that is a great thing for us and we're just going to continue to work hard for Hoosiers. So with that, I'll open it up for questions. You mentioned those small victories. Yeah. What to you was the most significant of those victories? You know, I don't like to – every district has its own issues. For me, this, is, this whole bone marrow registry thing, is it's a huge thing. Um, bone marrow transplants have become a long way. I had a classmate, uh, unfortunately, pass away. And I remember those of us who went in and got tested, we had to actually give bone marrow to determine whether or not we'd be a match. It's a pretty painful process. And now it's simply getting a mouth swab to even figure out if you would be close to a match. And then you go through these several steps before you even get to the painful process. So for me specifically, it was getting that bone marrow registry funded to the point where we can now hopefully start to close that gap in the communities of color uh, that just don't have access to bone marrow transplants. This, uh, the budget maneuvers in this last day. Wow. Um, to add 300 million on top uh, because of the, so those school runs. Is that an acknowledgement by some of your Senate Republican colleagues that vouchers are taking away from public schools? Well, I think that my colleagues on the other side of the aisle in the Senate learned 
that through negotiations with the House and their tremendous support for vouchers, they have to be careful. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I, I thought we were going to be finished on Tuesday. We're This is Friday. And that's because they just put their feet, I think the House put their feet in, in concrete on this voucher thing. We're going to do a full voucher expansion. And I have to give my colleagues credit. They held out as long as they could. But then at the end of the day, when we did those runs, my goodness, even the people on the other side of the aisle were like, there ain't no way we're supporting this. So, yeah, I think, first of all, I think it was an acknowledgement that you have to be careful when you sit down with people who have objectives and they, you think they have the same ones that you do. And the second piece was, and they probably made a mistake even sitting down negotiating. They should have stayed strong and said, no, we're not expanding vouchers like you want us to. Is that revision made going to be enough to give teachers a raise? <laughs> you know, they, that revision is 62 percent. Is that what you're talking about? The, no, there's 300, 300 million. million. Absolutely not. And listen, we know that. I said it on the floor. I, what I don't understand about how they come up with this budget is we know that our Medicaid. You, you heard uh, uh, the appropriations chair talk about how Medicaid costs are going up. Well, if you know Medicaid costs are going up, doesn't that mean there's more poor people who need services? I mean, so what are we doing? So we didn't fully fund mental health services and public health, but yet we did fully fund our prison uh, need. We did fully fund uh, pet projects across the state, 30 million here, 37 million here, 300 million through the I, to the IDC for a project we have no idea what it is. There was a lot of pet projects. We cash funded over 600 and. $18 million worth of uh, uh, educational projects, but we couldn't, for some reason, make sure that teachers are guaranteed a pay raise. Interesting. If I was in charge, that would have been the first thing, is to make sure the teachers are paid well, because we know we have a teacher shortage. When Hoosiers wake up in just a few hours, mm -hmm. um, and they read about the, the 2023 legislative session, what do you think should be their biggest takeaway? That while we are a conservative state, we're really not that conservative. Listen, we fought hard to stop some of those cultural war bills from coming through. Now, some of them got some got some legs, but I'm going to tell you, we fought hard and made sure that 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 Indiana, if they're going to do it, they're going to have to be accountable to the citizens and and all the citizens who came down and fought and made sure that we didn't, you know, take as many rights as they wanted to take away from parents and their uh, families. We fought hard for it, and so that's one thing that they should be happy about. And the second thing is, this is a this is a mandate. I think it's a mandate. We can't find ourselves at the bottom of the barrel on education, at the bottom of the barrel on public health. And then come into a legislative session when we know these things are true and they decide we're going to focus on making sure the, the wealthy get more assistance and close and open up pathways so they can get even more students that would have never been on the on the payroll, so to speak, for the state of Indiana are now going to be subject to getting vouchers. And at the same time, public and traditional schools are still going to have to figure out how they're going to fund teacher raises. It's just not right. Following up on something you said a moment ago, um, so SB 480, um, some states are taking that kind of language and not restricting it to minors, it's to adults too. Um, do you have any concerns about seeing that pop up in the next session? 
Listen, I, I've always said the culture wars go on every session. The question for us is how many of them can we keep out of the discussion here? And I have to admit that um, my colleagues, my, my, my Democrat colleagues that, that work and are ranking minority members on education and health and all those committees where those bills come up, they do a heck of a job making sure that people understand that, that those people don't necessarily represent the majority of Hoosiers, and they're going to continue to fight. So I expect to see Senate bills like Senate uh, Bill 480, Senate Bill 486. I expect them to come up every year. So, no, I don't think they're done, and they're going to keep doing it every year, and we're just going to be ready here to fight them every stretch of the way. Kind of to flip it a little bit, um, you mentioned uh, medical cannabis as a desire when you were up on, on the sure did. up there. Uh, how realistic is that? to see progress in the next year. I, I, like I say to you, every year, it's as realistic as the, the second floor and the leader of the House and the Senate decide it's going to be. But at the end of the day, it's about Hoosiers. And if Hoosiers don't, if they don't move on this issue, then Hoosiers have a way of letting their voice be heard. And I hope they go to the polls and let them know how they feel. Why do you think your Republican colleagues love charter schools so much? I think they love any school but traditional public school. Listen, let me say this. I still haven't figured it out. I was never one of those people that thought I had the answer to everything. But some of my colleagues seem to think just because some donor believes that this is the best way to educate children, that they got to come over and carry their water for them. And that's what's happening every year now. And... Do you think, I, I'm not sure if they're not done with the voucher expansion. I think it's just going to be a voucher system. We had another thing that you haven't talked about, which is this career savings account. Watch how much that grows in the next few years. Career savings account? So you're going to give a parent $5,000 and say, hey, teach my kid on a career. No, for what? What does it go, you, can, can it be used for? There's some definitions, but there's no boundaries. There's a lot of accounts like that that are going to keep popping up year after year after year until the voters in the state of Indiana decide no more. Thanks for having This podcast was produced and edited by Chris Spangle and Leaders and Legends, LLC. If you're interested in starting a podcast or taking yours to the next level, please contact us at leadersandlegends.net.